Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name. We, we started talking about this concept of being a disciple of Jesus. And we are on the third path. So I want to share a few thoughts with us about the concept of discipleship. Um, many times when we begin to build on the concept of the discipleship, you have certain people come up and say, well, uh, are you not trying to introduce works, right, into the gospel? You know, it's, it's, it's a gospel of grace. Uh, are you trying to introduce works? Are you trying to pe- make people walk? No, that's not the, the, that's not the idea. The idea is that the original concept of Christianity is based on discipleship. That's, that's, that's it. Because Christianity actually is not a religion. It is actually a life, an entirely new life. And so, it is such that everything, and, and, I, and I, I mean that word, everything about you reflects out of that life. Praise God. Everything. Your dressing, your conversation, your words, it it affects everything about you. It's like you are initiated into a cult. Let me use that word. Uh, You see, your dress pattern, the, the way you talk, right? Everything will begin to reflect. You know, sometimes people don't even know people who are in cult. But after a while, you, you, you can't... Uh, this language is not, it's no longer a human language. It's gone beyond. So, that's what Christianity is. So, if you go to... Uh, I, I was studying something this evening, which is part of what I want to share, on the, the, the stages of discipleship, especially as it is in the Hebrew culture. But first of all, let's look at John chapter 6. In our, and most of us have seen this, but I want you to see it from another angle. John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and go to verse 22. John six twenty-two. 22. It says, On the following day, when the people uh, who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there, except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. Look at verse 23. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread, after the Lord had given thanks. Observe the word, other boats, not just one. Other boats. Now, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into the boats and came to companion seeking Jesus. And, and look at, these people came... They got boats, entered the boats, and they were looking for Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, so they actually crossed the sea. They said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Now, <laughs> in your mind, 
you will think, oh, these people, they, oh, they love Jesus. Can you imagine crossing the sea, entering boats, paying transport fare, whatever it was, leaving whatever they were doing, crossing to just go and see Jesus. Now look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Look at why they entered the boat. Bread and fish. Jesus says, You see, it's not that because you saw signs or you heard word. You actually, you are taking this pain to pursue me because you ate bread. And you were filled. You see, sometimes the pursuit of believers is not really because they want to learn the ways of Jesus. It's because of what God can offer. That is not discipleship. This whole crowd, when they came and said, Oh, Jesus, we did not see you. If Jesus did not have the discernment of spirit to say, Oh, wow, these people are hungry for the word. He says, I know you. And look at what happened. Well, it's a long reading. Okay? Then Jesus began to share with them. Jesus began to teach them. Began to teach them. Began to teach them. Go to verse 60. He began to talk to them about the bread of life. Now, Jesus is going to the place of teaching. Because that's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learned one. The one who submits himself to be taught. Praise God. Come on, I said, praise God. Now, he was teaching them. Look at verse 20. He now says, Eat my flesh, drink my blood. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna, and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forevermore. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in companion. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, Look at this. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Now, the Amplified Version says, when his disciples heard this, many of them said, this is a hard and difficult and strange saying. Look at the next word. An offensive and unbearable message. Who can stand to hear it? Who can be expected to listen to such teaching? Say this is an offensive message. And look at their reaction. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you see the Son of Man ascend and all of that? And verse 66 says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Verse 66 said, in the Amplified, it says, after this, many of his disciples drew back. They returned to their old associations and no longer accompanied him. When the truth was being told, when the message that Jesus brought was being communicated, the Bible says they left him and went back to their old associations. What is the difference between those who are actually disciples of Jesus and those who are just following Jesus because of bread and what he can offer? It is in their reception of truth. Are you following what I'm saying? And we've got to understand this. Their reception of truth. When the messages come that look offensive, that look unbearable, when those hard teachings begin to come and those demands for the cross begin to come 
many return to their old associations. That's the dividing line. So, this is not a question of salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians tells us this. But this is a question about commitment to the cause of the kingdom. Are you just interested in the works of the kingdom or the ways of the kingdom? Let me give you an example. Go to Romans chapter 12. Let me show you just one verse. Romans 12, 14. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. And if we are not careful, the Bible says, uh, you know, people talk about the last days and one of the things they want to look at in the last days is rumors of wars. They're looking for the Antichrist and all of that. But you know, one of the things the scripture says will happen in the last days was that people are going to have itching ears. And what is going to happen? Out of their itching ears, they are going to heap up teachers for themselves. Remember, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, it's the Lord that gives teachers. But in this reverse, they would be the ones to do what? To heap up teachers. You know, I, I, was, I was somewhere the other day and, and I heard someone talking. And he was reading scriptures. And was was preaching. And I said, God, have mercy. Have mercy. It, it, was, it was unbearable. Not because it was the truth. But it was scriptures being murdered. One line here, another line. You know the scripture says precept upon precept. Line upon line. That means your method, your teaching, you know, you're putting one piece upon the other. He's not saying that you should mix scriptures. Look at this, Romans 12, 14. Look at these few words of the Lord Jesus. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Look at that last line. Bless and do not curse. How many times do you see people who are disciples of Jesus, what do they do to those who persecute them? What do they do to those who persecute them? Do they bless them? Even if they say, I bless you, they are, they are saying it with curse in mind. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? So you see where discipleship comes in now. Discipleship now comes in when a man persecutes you. You know that your master says you should bless and you should not curse. That's hard on your flesh. That's hard on your mind. Because everything around you says curse. And you would find old associations that would encourage you to curse. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So, discipleship is essentially following the master's teachings and living them. So, that's why as believers, we read the word of God. We don't read the word of God to preach, essentially. We read the word of God so we can find the patterns for our life as disciples of Jesus. Go to uh, Psalm 103. Let me show you something. They saw bread and fish and they pursued Jesus. <laughs> and today, if you want to get crowd, right? If we want to be doing 10 services every Sunday morning, you know what we just do? Just get bread and fish. Get rice. Hmm? I'm telling you. Get rice. Put money in envelope. 
10,000, 10,000, 5,000, 6,000. Don't, don't print flyer. Don't, you don't need to print flyer. After preaching, maybe 30 minutes, giving you exhortation, God wants to bless you. I say, well, what's your problem? Say, oh, I don't have shoe. Oh, no, no problem. Take, buy shoe. Hey, you, you have a problem with rent? Yeah. Okay, come. Well, your wife wants to leave you. Why? Because you have not eaten. Oh, no. Let your wife stay. Take chicken. Put it on Facebook. Hmm? The next service, people will say, let's, let's go and try. Let's see. Let's see if it's true. By, by December, people will be bringing their own chairs. They say, oh, there's no chairs. They say, no, no problem. Sir. We brought our chair. People will bring in chairs outside. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? On the way, if some of those people realize that their fish head is bigger than the one you get to, they can fight outside. <laughs> you know that they are not disciples. <laughs> Why? Because, now, I, I, I'm not saying there's no welfare system in the church. There, there must be a welfare system in the church. The Bible teaches us that. Paul teaches us that. But there are people who are actually serving the Lord in hunger and in famine. You know, our brother preached something today that nothing separates us from the love of God. Why are you following Jesus? Why? As you're seated here tonight, why are you following the Lord? If that thing you're praying for, God does not answer, how does it affect your disposition? Let's just agree now that, okay, as you are now, the Lord just decides everything you're asking Him for. He's not going to do them. Would you still follow Him? I see some of your faces are dropping like the... <laughs> like you say, don't use that example. Use another example. You see, after God has answered, you know, you know that kind of thing. Like, okay, after I've, after I've benefited my own, for the rest, we can now... No, but that's the key. That's the key. They entered the boat... To for because he said, Oh Jesus, we, we came. Are you not here? Ah, what? Are you here? <laughs> Jesus says, I know why you put cross that river. Even people that were afraid of water say, Don't worry, don't worry. By the time we eat the bread, we'll be okay. <laughs> Just close your eyes and cross. The desire of man to pursue God outside of bread and fish. That's when you know that you have become a disciple. We are easily moved. Easily shaken. You see, let me tell you. No, you know, sometimes we, we, we do some things for people and people don't appreciate us. We complain, right? Ah, human being is ungrateful. What is it? Ah, ah, ah. All we need to do is turn that mirror on ourselves. You will see someone that God has been good to. Just one little issue. Complain was that. Look at the children of Israel. They cried for 430 years. Oh God, set us free. Oh God, deliver us. God took them. Then this, and God fed them angels' food. They were not cooking, they were not microwaving, right? They were not going to the market. Manna will fall in the morning. All they needed to do was go out of their house and gather fresh manna cooked by the Lord Himself. Then they now started. Hey, it's manna. Hey, money, manna. Tuesday, manna. If, if it's manna that God is eating, will it still be God? I'm telling you. Now, now, you didn't buy this food. You didn't cook the food. It came already prepared. They complained. 
see what is it? Mana, 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 every time. We want to eat meat. We want to eat. Even God said, okay, fine. This meat, <laughs> you will eat it, it will come out of your nostrils. God shift down meat. They ate and ate and complained again. Later they say, oh, the garlic of Egypt. The onions of Egypt. Can you see people that were in bondage? They said they want to eat garlic. And it was that garlic you were eating in Egypt. And you were crying. They said, you see, a few days ago the Lord told me, He says, never be surprised by the ingratitude of of the human nature. It was never designed to be satisfied. I'll tell you this. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter what God does for you. If you don't cultivate in your heart that I'll remain grateful, you will see the one reason to complain to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything. You know, oh, once I get married, oh, Father, Father, when will I meet the Mr. Right? Do will meet the Mr. Right. The next prayer point, oh, Lord, let his head be correct. Oh, Father, let his head be correct. Father, you will not give me a man that will disgrace me. <laughs> the, you know, children will come. You will now start praying. You, you, at a point, you have to tell yourself that the Prince of Peace should actually live in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there will always be something. And now, why I'm giving you all these examples, that will now become the reason you are pursuing God. Not because you really want to learn of the ways of God. A minister can be dedicated to God just because he wants his church to grow. Are, are you following what I'm saying? That's why sometimes you hear some funny stories. And, and sometimes I really don't believe some of those stories. They are true, but it, it, it's, it, it's a bit difficult for me to believe the story. You would hear, oh, certain pastors did certain things to grow their church. And you're like, why? Why would you, why would you turn to darkness to grow light? Here, that means essentially, it's not even the growth of the kingdom that you want. It is your own popularity and your own faith. Are you following this? So a man can actually use God for himself. And that is not discipleship. Because if we have that mindset, God can no longer use us for his kingdom and his glory. Look at what God said about Moses. Psalm 103 verse 7. The children of Israel. Oh. And you know they killed Moses. Eh? They, they were the ones that killed Moses. That's why as a pastor you must be convinced of what God has called you to do. If not, those God has sent you to will give you ideas that will take you out of the will of God. You have to be sure what God has called you to do. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the sons of Israel. So there are the ways of God and there are what? The acts of God. Now, the ways of God are the lifestyle of God. The way God wants us to live. Not just his miracles. Not just his miracles. Can you see this? I was, I was thinking about this in the office. And it crossed my mind. That all the disciples of Jesus. Actually, Jesus did not call any of them with miracles. Right? He actually never performed any miracle for Peter, James. No. Actually, he called all of them into a place of sacrifice. James and John, they were with the father fishing and he says come follow me and they left their father they left their father left the fishing business and joined Jesus 
Matthew was a tax collector. So there was no one that actually followed Jesus because Jesus performed miracles to him or opened it. If I, some of the people that Jesus performed miracles for and they wanted to follow Jesus, Jesus says, no, don't follow me. Go and tell your brethren, just go ahead and share whatever I've done for you. Because actually, uh, be, becoming a disciple of Jesus, it's not actually as much as you are impressed by the miracles of Jesus as opposed to you want to learn of his ways and his lifestyle. That's why when people come to you for mentorship, people that are impressed by your fame and everything, they are just interested in taking pictures with you because that's their concern. But those who really want to learn from you would learn of your ways and the way you think. If we need to build a strong and healthy church, if we want to build a church that can change the world, if we want to build a church that can transform the world, if we want to be salt of the earth and light of the world, discipleship is key. The ways of God. Knowing the ways of God. Now, the, the issue of discipleship, if we, if we look at it from the Hebrew culture, go to First Chronicles chapter 25 and verse 8. If you look at it from the Hebrew culture, First Chronicles 25 and verse 8, is an example of, it's, it's from the, the word disciple, it's from the Hebrew word tamild, T-A-L-M-I-D. It speaks of a student and a teacher. First Chronicles 25, 8. It speaks of a student and a teacher. It speaks of a student and a teacher. So, it says, They cast lots for their duties. Talking about the musicians, if you start reading from verse 7. All are like the small as well as the great. The teacher as well as the pupil. That word pupil there, or the student, is the word talmid in Hebrew. It speaks of a student learner. It's like when you're trying to teach someone uh, music, musical instruments and you have to pay attention to learn every chord, to learn every whatever you have there. So when we talk about the concept of discipleship, we're talking about learning from the life of Jesus, paying attention. So uh, the reason that, if you look at the Hebrew culture for instance, every rabbi had... Um, a disciple. So you had the disciples of John the Baptist, you had the disciples of the Pharisees. Now, in that culture, the rabbi actually gets the disciple and the disciple starts traveling with them or start working with them. Now, there are four stages of that discipleship uh, before the disciple, the disciple becomes matured. Number one, the first thing the disciple needs to do is to memorize the saints or the teacher's words. The disciple has to first of all memorize the teacher's words. And the reason is because what they had in those days was just the scriptures, the Torah. Alright? So, the rabbi or the teacher interprets the Torah, but, you know, they couldn't write so much in those days. It was not like now that as I'm teaching you writing, they couldn't. So, you have to pay very close attention and listen so that you can understand what the teacher is saying. And you have to memorize those words. You remember Mary and Martha? When Jesus was talking, what happened? Mary sat down and was listening to Jesus. And you remember, every time you read in the scripture, the synoptic gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Bible always says Jesus went up to the mountain with his disciples and they sat down and he began to say. Right? Those were the things that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John recorded. It, it wasn't like Jesus was preaching the way I was preaching now. Even though that just say, give me your notes. That's not what happened. So it's more like you come to church 
now and I just teach. I don't have an oath. You don't have an oath. Alright? I just teach. You have to pay careful attention so you can understand what I'm teaching. Then maybe two years down the line or three years down the line, you decide to write the things I was teaching you. Now, they were inspired by the Holy Ghost, of course. But if they were also not paying attention, there would be nothing for the Holy Spirit to inspire. That's why I always try to say, you have to document when I teach. You have to write. Because, <clears throat> we'll go to the fourth stage of discipleship. One of the requirements of a disciple was now to raise other disciples. That's how the movement of a rabbi spreads. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's about every Christian discipling as all of you are here now, you ought to have a younger believer that you are discipling by the things you have been taught. Which means that you get someone born again, you start training that person. That's how it works. You should have somebody you're raising, you're sharing the truth with. And that's the easiest way to learn. The things you've learned here tonight, share them with that person. They would ask you questions. It will push you back to study. That's how you also grow. So, uh, being a disciple is not just compilation of notes. You are not a scribe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That that pastor teaching, I have it. No, 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 no. It's not collection of teachings. It is understanding to the point that you now become someone who disciples others. That's what Paul said. He said, the the same things I've taught you. He says, commit to faithful men who are able to teach others. The same things. Christianity is built on the reputation of truths. Because it is reputation of the fundamentals that builds conviction. Reputation of the fundamentals that builds conviction. I wrote something just this evening before I came here. Just popped up in my spirit. You see, we cannot, we cannot build the unity of the faith around false doctrine. You know, sometimes when you begin to confront inaccurate doctrines, then people say, oh, we should not be divided. We should not be divided. You know, you can't build unity on false doctrine. The response to false doctrine is accurate biblical interpretation. Because the Christian faith was built on the premise of the scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was built on the premise of the scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Are you still here? So, number one, memorize the, te- the teacher's words. That's why I started talking about talking to my service team about memorizing the scriptures. We thought that was just for children. No, memorize scriptures. Learn one verse a week. Fill your mind with the words of our master. Be deliberate about it. I challenge you. Imagine if you memorize one verse of scripture every week. I mean, in one year, you know 52 verses. In two years, I'll be about 104 verses, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Imagine your 10 years of Christianity, how much verses will be on your head now. It's not difficult. It's discipline. Memorize scriptures. Get scriptures in your head. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Number two, they learned the traditions and interpretations because it was expected that the disciple would follow their rabbi. So, they learned his interpretation of scriptures. They learned his perspective of scriptures. So, they sat down and learned this. How do we become disciples of Jesus? Be deliberate about learning God's word. Make it be deliberate about reading the word. Be deliberate. You see this? Your Bible. Hmm? Be deliberate. I will challenge you. I will will plead with you. Separate your Bible from your phone. For your own good. 
I know we're a technological advancing generation. I'm not saying that is not the Holy Bible. I'm not, I'm not, you know. But, you see, this thing here is our life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you are studying it, don't be distracted. Uh, there is a burden in my heart right now. And you know that burden. The burden in my heart right now is that we will be able to hand over this truth to the next generation in all purity. That's, that's, that's what is really burning in my heart. That we would raise... I'm not just talking about the church at pastor. I mean, way beyond what I'm doing here. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We would raise believers again like Berean believers that after teaching, they will go back and search the scripture. Read the Bible again. That people will not just hear a house high sounding rhyme that looks like a nursery rhyme. I say, wow! See, death. <laughs> what is deep there? What is deep there? You can't go deeper than the written word. Are you hear what I'm saying? Are people are saying some kind of funny things. Oh, now, sometimes you see people are so mesmerized by angels. Huh? And you're hearing, oh, an angel appeared to me. Uh, an angel. An angel did this. An angel did that. An angel. Paul warns us about that in the book of Colossians. How many times did you see Jesus talking about angels? They are your servants. They are sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Meaning that the fact that you have salvation makes you greater than angels. Because Psalm says, who is man that you are mindful of him, that you made him. The Bible says, a little lower than the angels. But that's because the people who were translating the Bible, was, was, they were too scared to write what was there. If you read any translation of the Bible, you see a small phrase there, maybe a number one, and you check it. Actually, that translation says, you made him a little lower than Elohim. That means we were made little lower than God. Because the Bible says, John, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, he says, he called them gods to whom the word came. You see people carried away by angels. Abraham saw angels, three angels, and gave them food and ate with them. He never referenced them in his intercession with God. And you in the New Testament, I mean, people even saying they saw angels, angels is fine planting for them, angels. You know, because at the end of the day, when you are carried away by these things, you give yourself to a reprobate mind. You will start lying to make up things. Christianity is simple. Stay with the written word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything cannot be a mystery. I want to show you a mystery. A, a mystery to unlock favor. A mystery to... Everything cannot be a mystery. Even Jesus did not use that word so often. He spoke to them. He talked about fish. He talked about a farmer. He talked about seed. He talked about soil. He, he, Jesus cannot teach in plain language. You are now teaching in mystery. Ephesians says clearly, Paul says, the letter written to you is so that when you read, you will understand the mystery. This thing I'm teaching, you, you cannot understand it because it was given to me by a special revelation. Then keep it. The essence of a teacher is to provide understanding. And this thing shouldn't blow us apart because the crowds are gathered. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible is for everyone, listen to me, to understand. Why did God give the fivefold ministry? It's to teach people the word. And build conviction in the heart of his followers. In the days of fierce trials, it is the conviction of the word that will keep the faith of men. 
So we must again cultivate love for the written word. Number three, the, 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 the disciple must imitate the teacher's actions, deeds, speech, or conduct. So when you are a disciple of a man, uh, a rabbi, you have to imitate his speech, the way he talks. You have to imitate his conduct. You have to imitate his action. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what makes you a disciple. Because by your action, they ought to know whose disciples you are. Remember when they came to, um, to um, the, uh, jo- no, Jesus about the fasting. What did they say? He says, your disciples do not fast. Hmm? But John's disciples... You know, Jesus' disciples came to teach us to pray Just as John taught his disciples So, when you hear somebody praying You should know that this is John's disciple praying So, the, a disciple learns the conduct of his master The speech of his master That's what Jesus wants us to be like him And so, we must again Read the word That the word will shape our life That's when we have become disciples we don't put the word aside and live our own life and say, no, a disciple lives by the instructions of the master. Are you following this now? Remember, and don't forget this, I shared my body, with the body of, of the, for the body of Christ with you, but remember, how did Christianity come? Jesus took 12 men and poured his life into them. Right? And those 12 men became 70, became 120. In the upper room, the 120 received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then they were scattered abroad by persecution. And then they began to share the word. They began to share the word. And people took, took a hold of that. And some people saw Africa as a dark continent. And they risked their life. And came to Africa. Began to share the truth of God's word with us. That's how it cascaded to our own generation. The, the Christian faith has never been the one that spreads through mass movements. It has always been one-on-one, discipling one person. If you, and I, I, I bet you to prove me wrong, if you find out any serious believer today, he will be able to point to one person who poured into them. Find out any believer who is, I mean, I mean serious there will be somebody who was on them. Did you read your Bible today? Did you pray today? There's always that foundation of discipleship that builds conviction. That's why the local church was designed primarily for accountability. It wasn't designed to make the man who founded the local church popular. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, because the most popular person in the Christian faith should be Jesus. So, when we have a local church like this, the design of the local church is that we are open to discipleship. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? That means, I'm teaching, somebody's speaking this, I'm teaching, the, the purpose of the cell is not just, you know, because what that happened, let me just, you know, what that happened is, after a while, all our structures began to be what will make people feel comfortable, what would, you know, welfare, I, I'm not against that, please understand my heart here, but I just, I want to share something with you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's like, let's have cells so that if your mother dies, we can know, then we can come to the barrier. You, you understand that? And then if your father dies or you give birth, we can come and give you pepper soup and all of those stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You now discover that it's that pepper soup that is now bringing quarry. Now, when that woman gave birth, I saw the fish you people use. 
I saw it. I was there. Now, when it's my own turn, I am seeing the fish. I will not see anything. But I know that that person is from pastor's village. So, in that statement, two things. First of all, new creation reality's thoughts is eradicated. So, it means that we are not seeing ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ. How are we seeing ourselves? You are from pastor's side. Right? And then the issue of honor one another and put one another before yourself, that's eradicated. It is who has the biggest fish when they give birth the most. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, what will not happen? I will not come back and say, you know what? Okay, so what's going to happen now is that before we give any woman fish, we are going to now measure the size. Now, you realize that I'm not living, being devoted to word and what? And prayers. What am I doing now? Setting up more administrative um, 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 structures to please the members so that nobody would leave. So, if you go to a church growth seminar, how to grow your church, you might likely not hear anything about discipleship. These programs, welfare, structure, strategies. You go to a pastor's conference, strategies. You go, it's all strategies. Have you seen Jehovah Witnesses print flyer? How do they grow? How do Jehovah's Witnesses grow? You know Jehovah's Witness person would I don't know if they've changed now But they would rather die than take blood transfusion You think that one is because Somebody was preaching on Sunday Because that's, that's indoctrination That's what discipleship does it's, 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 it's a point where Your life does not matter to you again The truth is much more than your life Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's put it I'm not saying it is right or wrong That's not my concern now but let's put it in a charismatic setting. Let's just re- transpose that in a charismatic setting. You just say, listen, if they say they don't take blood in this church, I'll go to the church that they take. Give me blood. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Then after taking the blood, say, don't pick pastor's phone number again. Don't, because, you see now, because the, the, the belief system is based on this is what pastor likes. This is, are you, this is what makes me fit into this church. It's no longer about exactly what does God teach in this situation. Can you see the focus? So the focus of a disciple is the words of the master. The teachings of the master. And that as ministers of the gospel must be our focus. That in teaching our people, we are giving them back the words of the master so that people are grounded and built on the conviction that this is what Jesus taught. How did Joseph get into Egypt and was able to keep the words of the law? His father taught him. Because those, remember what God said about Abraham? He says, I know Abraham because he will command his children to walk in my ways. That means the covenant, listen to this, the covenant God had with Abraham was transmitted by words. That's what discipleship is. The fourth one, fourth level of discipleship, time is gone. He imitates the teacher's actions and deeds and speech. That's number three, sorry. Then number four, this disciple will now also raise other disciples. Are, are, you, are you following this now? So this is the point, right? 
Paul says, when you ought to be teachers, you have need that others will teach you. So Paul took Timothy and taught Timothy. Remember, how did Timothy come about? His grandmother taught his mother. His mother taught Timothy. Paul took Timothy, discipled Timothy. What did Paul do? Paul released Timothy to Ephesus. Uh, and part of the church in, in, in Ephesus. Now, it was, it was, history says there was thousands of people in that church. Now, Paul told Timothy, the, things, the same things I've taught you, the same things, observe that, the same things I've taught you. He says, commit those things to faithful men who are able to teach others. So, Timothy was to take what Paul had taught him and to do what? To teach others. One of the greatest, it's a good thing, but when taken wrongly begins to be an issue in this generation is the multiplicity of teachers. Hmm? You have a pastor, you have a local church, but your, your feeding rack is fed by many people. So you mix wine. Hmm? You listen to this one. You listen to this one. You listen to this. So at the end of the day, when you hear teachings, it's conflicting with many things. It's conflicting with many things. And thank God for social media and all of the internet facilities we have. Anybody can just publish what they are teaching. That's why you have to also know the word yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you have to know the word yourself. That's why when I teach you here, I give you scriptures, open scriptures to you, and I say, go check it out. Come with your questions. Go check it out. Come. Go check it out. I was reading something today. I didn't want to go there because I won't have the time. You know, but when the scripture says a man's enemies are members of his household. Have you read, read that scripture? Okay. You have heard it in prayer. Right? A man's enemies are members of his household. You know Jesus was talking about discipleship, right? Yeah, go and read it. We're talking about discipleship. Because we're talking about if you do not leave your mother and your father, you will not be able to follow me. Because the members of your house, members of as your enemy. That means these are the relationships that would prevent you from following me. It has nothing to do with your destiny. He said, but brother, go and read it now. Go and read it. Go back and read, read the whole passage. You will see that's what Jesus was referring to. That these associations are the ones that prevent us. And you know why Jesus said that? It was because in those days for you to be a disciple, you actually have to leave your family and follow the rabbi. It's like James and John leaving their father's business and following Jesus all around. Are you following this? So, if they, if they like their father and their mother so much, they will not be able to make that journey. So, Jesus is now saying that, listen, what will prevent you from being my disciple are those your family associations. That's why he says your, your enemies are members of your household. Because that's the most difficult association you will look back and say, ah, how do I leave my mother? How do I leave my father? How do I leave my cousin? No, 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 I can't. Because the disciple of that day was to travel with the rabbi everywhere he was going. So it means that, and it wasn't like today you had WhatsApp, you know, it means that at a point you can actually travel to another region and not see your family for a whole year. So before you become a disciple, you have to consider what will happen to my mother. What, are, you, are you following that? So Jesus says, what will prevent you from becoming a disciple is this earthly relationship. It had nothing to say, pray against that because your enemies that want to kill you are in your house. Jesus had no idea what you are talking about. Are you following this now? And you know we can build conferences on that thing. We can build prayer movements on that thing. 
Take the word again. I dare you to start reading the word again. From Genesis to Revelation. Hmm? Patiently. Feed on the words of your master again. So we'll, we'll continue with this on Sunday on, on the subject of discipleship. I believe that God is giving us a voice and a message to express something to the body of Christ. I encourage you. Take these messages. Share them. Not only that, leave them. God is calling us to something higher and deeper. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some depths, that we become people of depths. That nothing in this world will move us and shake us. Because conviction is built on reputation of truths. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word. We ask God that you will cause this word built up in our hearts. That God, you give us the courage to pursue this. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.